now. Sweet. But, uh, yeah, you ready to rock? Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, this is quite the treat we have on Sandcast. We've got my good friend, fellow yep. lefty, mm-hmm. Miles Partain. Yeah. You have you been uh, lefty, uh, lefty shape. Dude, you've been... Um, I would say you, Kent Steffes, and Kerry Walsh Jennings are the three most requested guests we've ever had on the show. Hmm. Yeah. We got oh, Kent last oh, Mark, year. Yeah. We're getting you now. Kerry, we're still trying to get you on. Yeah. <laughs> but you're in a lead company, my friend. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, listeners. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Well, how um, you're full-time on yeah, the beach. Yeah, full-time beach now. Yeah. How's really it been? Nice. I mean, you've, you've grown up really fast <laughs> i feel yeah. like you marcus it feels like yesterday that you guys made your first main draw mm-hmm. you were the youngest in avp history to do so and now you're full-time on the beach a yeah. lot of guys would consider you to be like favorites to qualify for paris which is pretty cool it's been quite the whirlwind for you yeah it has yeah <laughs> it's really cool to be full-time it's and how, fun and like yeah. you're i mean your first i'm gonna close the door real quick But so your first like extended road trip was in Brazil. You guys went to yeah. it was Itapema first and then Sacorima. Yeah, yeah, I went to both. How was it? Like international qualifier in Brazil, a yeah. couple weeks out there away from home. I mean, it's a big thing. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Same same sport. It was cool to get to. I really like Brazil. Never been to South America been to europe like africa middle east but never south america so it was really cool to go you kind of feel like you're in a i don't know if you know star wars but you feel like you're in the yeah. outer rim of like star wars <laughs> yeah. it's still like kind of nice there's people there but it's just like kind of pe- people don't know about it and it seems like just away from everyone so yeah. it was really cool i love brazil uh love the culture a lot so it was fun to actually go because um, i knew i loved it before i went so getting to see it that was really cool and uh yeah qualifier was just kind of the same didn't get too homesick or anything um yeah so it was good fun to be around andy yeah. and mike Dude, those so, uh those qualifiers are freaking intense yeah yeah you played really intense. <laughs> yeah. Qualifier. yeah the points are just they can be well everyone's good so yeah yeah it's not like someone else would have been like way way worse so everyone's good yeah yeah i mean what's the like do you i've seen you play in really big moments and -hmm. it just seems like you never really feel much pressure on the exterior like you are the coolest cat out there and watching you like in brazil watching you win atlanta play phoenix like you just have this super calm confidence about you yeah, I certainly probably look calm, but no. yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering what is there are you as calm as you look? No. <laughs> no, I mean you know that that's pretty much no one out there. I mean, maybe there's a few people, but yeah, ton of ton of nerves all the time. You're trying to calm them down. So yeah. If I'm if it's at the end of a game, I'm probably like frantically repeating a Bible verse or something, especially <laughs> if it feels really intense. Yeah. Cause yeah. Or just like thinking telling myself next ball like yeah 10 times a second or something so <laughs> yeah just trying to stay in the moment because as the games get longer and longer there's way more pressure to like the the pressure to pull your focus off the current point gets higher and higher as the game gets longer so 
How do you, you gotta like fight that harder and harder as it as it grows? How do you fight that? I mean, that self awareness at you're 21 years old is is pretty impressive. I mean, everyone feels it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty universal. I think. Do you think that your youth actually? Because yeah. a lot of, you know, you look at like a lot of the younger players. You know, they're 10 feet tall and bulletproof until they're you know they're 30 and they're like, oh, I realize that maybe I'm not. Do you think that your youth helps you? In situations uh, where there's a lot of pressure? Like, I haven't been uh, humbled enough, so I think I'm, like, the best in the world yeah. and I can't get stopped. Uh, no. I, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to tell sometimes. But, no, I feel like I'm pretty aware that I can lose any match or or win. So I'm, I try not to lose sight of both ends of it Yeah. whenever I go into a game. Because so. you, you, know, you look at the Swedes, David Amon and Jonathan Helvig, mm-hmm. and it looks like they're just yeah. the most confident kids in the world. <laughs> yeah, they went through the grinder though too. Yeah, they, they, did. they they had to grow for a while, and they lost a lot before they are where they are now or have gotten. So, yeah, I mean they've been through it too. But yeah, to the extent you think you have it, it's, it's to your detriment. So they you can uh, go as much as you want. They obviously play a, a very similar style that you do. Yeah, where but like I played you in a CBVA when you were maybe fifteen. And I feel like you've yeah, been with doing Dylan this. Merrick, yes, I was, I was 15, and he was optioning like every ball. Yeah, and I feel, I feel like, like my you, passing was better. Back you then. and Marcus have been running that like a kind of a jump setty system for yeah. as long as I've really known you. Mm-hmm. Where did you start to? Uh, USAV had these Chula Vista camps. That's where we first started doing it. They had this tournament, and we were playing together. It was to qualify for like the U21 or U19. I think it was U21. Uh, like world champs in like Nanjing, China. So the day before the tournament started, we started doing more of that stuff and it came pretty easily because we knew how to set. And uh, we were playing some bigger blocks uh, because the guys were a lot older than the normal. Because I was 15, I think he was 17. So we had to like, we just thought we'd do a bunch of shoot sets. I don't know if we were jump setting that much back then, but yeah, I kind of just started a little bit on a whim like anything does and then it kind of worked pretty well and and kept doing it yeah the jump setting stuff kept doing it i haven't done as many like quick sets like we used to do yeah my brother did more of that stuff like or quick right in front of you or back or like fake going back set stay in front or something like that so that's a little bit more his alley as far as like natural tendencies but yeah i I like to stick with the jump setting and optioning um i think that's good if it's my style of like trying to get the ball to the ground quickly you're doing a good job of that yeah (laughs) you and andy have been impressive man Uh, yeah it's i'm really glad andy was willing to do the jump setting stuff because he he really grinded a lot of it we went to the i have a post about like a little quick video about this on my instagram but there's a post of us working on jump setting in ucla's racquetball courts so we, they have like the John Wooden Center, and then you, there's these racquetball courts where you can just hit the ball against a wall. It's totally enclosed, so there's no shagging. And we got to go a few times, and Andy was just working really hard. We're trying to get the jump setting, like yeah. the spacing, the timing, the fake hitting, the vision, and uh, just like being able to adjust in like all different directions depending on the pass, like all that stuff. He was able to really work on in a concentrated way um sometimes people want to add stuff in like little by little and he went full mm-hmm. blast um so that, i'm really glad he was able to yeah. do that and we're still working on it and me too i was wondering yeah. how andy would respond to that because just his 
his style of setting. I mean, he's low and slow. <laughs> and then I was like, is he going to be able to jump set? But his jump sets don't look too bad. And he's, he's brand new to it. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> his setting's been, he said, like, when he started playing, yeah, setting was one of his best things. So, yeah, it's nice when that's uh, innate strength. But you can you can teach yourself it, too. So, um, yeah, but if you can set without using your legs like you or Skylar Del Sol <laughs> or kind of me. Uh, there's a few other players, but if you can set without using your legs a lot, then it's just like no different when you're in the air because yeah. your legs weren't doing anything anyways. And it's funny. And I try not to do it on your way up too. So it's not like you get power from the ground. Yeah. So yeah, he's uh that's kind of how he said, yeah, you can do it both ways, but yeah. Cause so many coaches yeah. will tell you, Oh, you got to like down up. With yeah. Like, I think you legs. should like yeah. good. Like it helps increase the, t- the length of the cadence. So the hitter can like latch onto your rhythm quicker or earlier, but it just doesn't translate to jump set very well. Yeah. So I would still use your legs on the ground. I don't know. Yeah. I think it helps the cadence, but you're such a student of the game. Yeah. I watched a lot of film, but I feel like you just, all the beach players are. There are certain people though that just are so are obsessed with their craft in a good way, and a lot of, like I feel like obsessed has kind of this negative stigma to it. But I feel like you're obsessed in like a really good way, where you're just so curious about like other like how other people play volleyball. You watch film all the time. I remember talking to Dylan Merrick um, when yeah. he was coaching you. He's yeah. like, dude, like he taught me a lot. Yeah, I'd be driving by his house, and he'd be, like, doing plyometrics up the hill. <laughs> Who would? Dylan Merrick, when he was coaching you. Oh, really? Like, yeah. I, or maybe it was one of his coaches or one of his friends. Oh, like, yeah, I just saw Miles, like, doing plyos up his hill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're just such yeah. a student of the game. <laughs> <laughs> that was just, like, this vert shock program I was doing that was helping, like, helping my vertical. I think, yeah, he would come over to our house sometimes because he would coach us and help with the volleyball club. So yeah. I think he saw me doing that once. That's funny that he was, he was doing it after. But it's good. It's not like my idea. I just took it from someone else. So, <laughs> And you executed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you always been just this like as curious? I think you're probably one of the more curious people I know. I've, I have a curious streak, yeah. Yeah. Definitely to me. Um, it's kind of interesting where it comes from. It's nice to have it about everything because then it's just yeah. like nothing's boring. You have a lot of job opportunities that are like passionate about you can be passionate about because you're just curious about everything. So as long as there's some system that has like a general semblance of like order to it. And like, it's just, if you're just curious about how those things work, then you can kind of go into any field and just learn how things work and, uh, kind of manipulate it favorably to make money if it's a business or just win volleyball games or whatever. So yeah, I, but it's like it, sometimes it comes and goes. Curiosity is a special gift, and it's just a gift. It's kind of you can kind of fan it into flame, which you should. But the spark is kind of like it just comes from God. Like you can't really control it that much. You can expose yourself a lot, though. Yeah, that's what you can do. So I try to do that with stuff. But my brother. Yeah. My older brother, who he met in Yosemite, is also one of yeah. the most curious people I know. And yeah. he, he loved talking to you. Like yeah, the whole drive so up to the, he, I was talking to him, he goes, Miles asked more questions than I did, and I no one asked more questions than I do. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. It's yeah. a fun trip. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I loved the parking lot. Delaney's favorite parking lot, that was really <laughs> yeah. 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 What's this... Uh, 
like beach volleyball journey been like for you? I mean, you, when you qualified with Marcus, I'm curious what that was like back then because you were, were you 15 or 16. I was 15. Yeah, that's like was, summer, and then the December after that, I was going to be 16. And he was 17. He was 17. That yeah. is crazy. I mean, well, you beat some good teams. I mean, that was for most. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, it was, was an extended that? draw, which helped all the qualifier teams. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, everyone was good. So yeah, we upset pretty big time, like seeding wise. We were like, I think we were a pretty low seed. I don't remember doing another qualifier. I, or maybe I did. I don't know. I'd have to check the UVB info, but yeah. So yeah, it was really cool. We we had just kind of hit a little bit of a breakthrough, and things were like coming together quickly. So hit on a good time and it was also right after nanjing that u21 okay tournament that we went to didn't qualify for so we were just there the whole week not playing but we were watching like constantly the whole tournament <clears throat> so i think that helped just having a lot of mental reps yeah far more than any team that actually played in that tournament because i yeah. watched like 30 matches so yeah that was cool um and then right after that was hermosa so yeah but watching it, I watched it recently. So I was like just kind of putting up my Instagram a little bit and went yeah. through like a little bit of a flashback post or something. So I went to I, one of those videos is on my Instagram. I was looking through it. And uh, yeah, it's just funny how I thought about defense back then. Like it's so much less. Uh, I don't know. Like I was just watching myself do the moves I was doing. And I was like, I don't think I was. There isn't much thought behind that <laughs> it's just like get to the line or get to the angle and kind of just be balanced and wait to get like maximize court coverage or something um which is weird because i wasn't like that with my hitting but my defense was just pretty bland so <laughs> it was good enough yeah no it was it was still good but it was uh yeah it was good from a reading side yeah of the game and like yeah i played a lot of skinny court growing up so it was kind of just same thing as that except two skinny courts so you just pick one and then do defense on that yeah. side dude one-on-one -on -one, skinny court yeah. is the best I yeah it's the best drill in all of beach it's volleyball. a good drill yeah yeah andy and i have been doing it a little bit um it's fun yeah it helps maximize touches and your so. jump setting in one-on-one -on -one skinny court <laughs> a little bit <laughs> that's crazy you, yeah that's i mean so not tiring. really that was like i posted that play because it was the only one because it think. was awesome <laughs> but it was also like a good rally um yeah. But yeah, it's not really. Usually we pull anyways, or like just stay back so it doesn't yeah. do much. But yeah, it kind of felt right at that time. Yeah. So I think uh, I play a lot of one on one. Me and Delaney play really? a lot of one on one skinny court, full court, yeah, like so all the way back, full yeah. court, like, like one third, about width. yeah, about yeah. a third. Yeah, that's fun. And uh, but she, she will do one on one skinny court, full court with a third of it, and then we'll do diagonal. Oh yeah, and then we'll do it. Uh, you'll the you'll full get width. you'll get your third. She gets her third, or it's like a diagonal line. So it'll be both of us will be on the right side. So we'll just make it like a sh like an just not all angles, and it's uh, it's uh, fun. We, we would do that for like two hours at a time. Yeah, it was so fun. Yeah, you probably got a lot better. You than, get so many touches than doing a, a practice in that amount of time <laughs> for so like certain reps. skills. It really helps. It does. Yeah, but Andy, I think is the best one-on-one -on -one player I've ever played against. Really? How do you do against him? Uh, first, we played twice now. First time, I think 
we kind of like i kind of want to keep score but we're also working on some stuff sometimes there's some constraints we put in that aren't equal so it kind of makes it like like if he's just working on pole digging and i'm just like playing normal i'm not like trying to do that then he might be at a disadvantage so but it's probably been like he's won slightly more or like close to tied yeah i think the first time he won more the second time i won more than the last time i don't know if it was more than him but yeah yeah it's it's fun how uh How's it been with Andy though? Because I know so you played had a great year with Lottie, which mm-hmm. I'd love to talk about. But then I know that you pretty much had your pick of the litter for whatever blocker you wanted. Because um, I know that Theo loves you, Try loves your game, and then you and Andy. You ended up going with Andy. I'm curious about your decision making process. What made you lock in with him? Uh, <clears throat> I know he's like pretty curious. So is. I don't know. Other people are too, but I just, I, I've played like another CBVA with him before. We also played at Dubai. We played like three weeks of tournaments earlier yeah. this year. Um, so I knew more what I was getting into and just watching his game. He has a high, high ceiling and uh, we get along pretty well and, and communicate well. So I think as far as growing the strategic, like game theory side of it, uh, he was a good choice, yeah. In my opinion, the best choice, but that I of of the options I had. Uh, but you know, you never know anything. But I, yeah, that's no. You never know everything. But I think uh, I really wanted to play with him. He's also kind of like in my uh, age bracket, mm-hmm. sort of. Like uh, he went through the club scene and then went to USC, sort of around when I was at UCLA. Like it was before, but still so we ha- we can relate on a lot of that stuff um and then uh yeah he's also into the jump setting stuff and i just liked how he thought about the game too mm-hmm. uh so and i felt like we collaborated pretty well uh like making decisions no one person is too much like pushing their thing it's just kind of let's talk about it share ideas and like realistically compare them and choose the best one for like everything we do so i I like that kind of flow between the partnership um and uh yeah he's also like likes watching film a lot which i know everyone does but that was that was good kind of i mean some people he reads a lot too which i liked Um, yeah he's getting into it he's just a cool guy so yeah and it's good, as you mentioned, you guys are sort of in the same age bracket. It's good if you're looking mm-hmm. for that long-term growth. I like life stage, too, yeah. Yeah, of not only – you're not only trying to build a team for Paris, but you're also probably looking at L.A. down the road. I don't know. Guys. That was a side benefit, but yeah. I was – if the world ended right after Paris was over, I'd, uh, I think I'd, I'd make the same decision. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't just like – slightly worse but then better long term so then it pushed over it was already in my opinion the right choice for me um so had you played against andy much yeah i played against him a couple times and he played with billy allen and lucena billy allen two years ago lucena last year i didn't play him when he played with miles evans uh and then i played him in phoenix when he played with patterson okay and then yeah oh yeah, I played him in like an open with Lev Prima, and he played with Adam <laughs> Roberts. It was super windy. Oh, was that at uh, in Zuma? Zuma. Yeah. Like, yes. Like no one's there. Everyone left. It's like seven p.m. Like almost dark. <laughs> and set point in the game to twenty eight. Andy just whiffs it because the set like 
the set blows like five feet after Dude, that he jumped. Wind, that wind was wild. <laughs> it was such a funny game. He's just serving like this and like over on one. Yeah. Pulls every time. Yeah, it was funny. But the that, balls, I, the balls like roll. Yeah. Like if you don't ditch the sand, it'll just roll forever yeah. until like. I remember that tournament yeah. though because I played with my brother-in-law, and he oh, really? was like, could not. Oh have been. yeah, I think I kind of remember that. Yeah, and one Delaney was so impressed with you because you had just gotten like a third in Chicago, maybe or a fifth with Lottie. Fifth with like Lottman. Yeah, that you was just 2019. Had a big finish. Like yeah. you were on your way to being the rookie of the year, and then mm. I remember Jake was like, "Man, like that's Miles Partain." And you came right up to him uh, like, hey, man, like a Miles, what's your name? And Jake to this uh, day is like now your biggest fan, as is uh, Delaney. Cool. <laughs> this is a very cool. cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. But that was a that tournament was was funny. You played with with you've won with a lot of different people. You got Lev, you qualified a few times with him, had a great run with Lottie, won your first AVP, playing great with Andy. Played a little small ball with your brother, and you went back to Seaside with Marcus. Yeah, that was, that was fun. Yeah, your style of play. I feel like you're able to meld and mesh with so many different personalities and talents. Yeah, I, optioning can help sometimes, and then yeah, it depends on the player. All those players uh, match up well with me, so yeah, it worked out good. Um, yeah, Marcus is really good at passing, so we can run the jump set stuff a lot, yeah. um, which is good. And then both kind of the same on defense. His serve is really good, too. So, yeah. And you guys have such a cool relationship because you're obviously both really competitive people, but anytime around you guys, like, it's clear how much you and Marcus love each other as, as yeah. family and brothers. It's, it's cool. Like, you guys seem like your best friends. Yeah, yeah. He's really cool. We talk a lot. So yeah pretty much can share anything feels like so yeah it's special how was it having your brother as your partner for so long it was cool i feel like you kind of see we were in the youth volleyball like scene for beach which is a small scene for boys yeah uh and it was funny yeah the sibling dynamic is so funny to watch (laughs) because it's like pretty much for sure even if you're like the most like well-behaved kids um which I would I would get frustrated growing up, uh, but he, we would just get mad. I would get more mad at him. He would kind of like a little bit. He's more the calm guy who will just stay cool and collected while I'm like about to blow up, and he'll just let it rise and kind of like um, push around, a little, push my buttons a little bit. So <laughs> it, that there was some of that, and then more just me getting angry at him. So and we, there was kind of both, but and then but that's kind of how I see like a lot of. Uh, siblings play with each other and then but there's a hump that once you're over it it kind of ends and it's kind of funny how we sort of got over it I mean it's still we know each other so well so the filter is like pretty non-existent yeah but uh, but still it feels it's 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 easy to play with him now like in Seaside it was really fun um, we were just trying to win and but yeah, it's funny watching the kids play together because there's a lot of other kids who played like yeah. just with their siblings, so they get frustrated at each other and then maybe stop. And I don't know. We kept playing together and it kind of got over the hump. But we did take a break too. But I don't know. Played it, with other parties. Is it uh, is it kind of fun for you to watch like your sort of generation starting to come up? Like Tim Brewster's playing yeah. awesome volleyball. And yeah, Marcus and Timmy awesome were like partners for the longest time. Like, yeah, three. Yeah, 
there's that whole partner shuffle in the like, top of the ADP, <laughs> yeah. but there's also the partner shuffle like 14 and under. Like <laughs> all the moms are talking to each other, like scheduling the tournaments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's funny. So, but Tim, I remember when we had Tim on the podcast, he was like, listen. We knew when we were little that we needed to get all the wins against Miles we could back then. We knew it wasn't going to be long until he started winning. No, there's no way they could have told. <laughs> could have tell. Yeah, it also depends how high, tall I grow, and they wouldn't know that. But, yeah. And you're what, 6'4 now? I'm like 6'3", like true 6'3", without okay. shoes. So. Long arms. Yeah, yeah. So that helps. It's really more about your reach. Yeah. Uh yeah, but it just people talk about height so much. You yeah. can use that. But what's your reach? Pretty much every Do you know? sport reach is more important. Um, like eight three. Okay. Yeah. So it's like every volleyball player is like, so you're about this is a men's net. Like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like right there. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, with Lottie, you guys playing together. You were pretty young when you started because you played 2019. Uh. Yeah, I think it might have been, yeah, it might have been the year before that too, actually, for a little bit of tournaments. And then I don't know if we qualified for any, and then the next year, I don't know. It was either that, for sure 2019. I mean, you were young, though, and Lottie was, uh, he wasn't yet accomplished on the beach, but he was still an Olympian, like still one of the greatest, one of the best Yeah, he was a good beach player, though. Yeah. Yeah. How was that for you being so young, playing with someone of such a high stature in the sport of volleyball. We're going to take a quick break from the show, not just any break. This is the Waiakea water break. Now, Waiakea has been keeping us hydrated all year long, not just with any ordinary water. This is Hawaiian volcanic water. In all those bottles you saw, what's really cool is that they're made up of 100% post-consumer recycled ocean-bound plastic. So what that means is that each bottle helps remove the equivalent of five bottles from ocean-bound beaches, waterways, and cities. So they're not just keeping us hydrated. They're helping out the environment, too. And try, that's not the only cool thing they're doing. That's right. They're giving back to those in Hawaii through the Kokua Initiative, which supports the local food banks and the nonprofits out there. Another really cool thing is that they make coffee. I'm a big coffee fan, so I'm excited to drink this product. And for every pound of coffee purchased, Waikia donates a book to a child through its literacy program. So use promo code SANCAST online at waikia.com to receive 20% off your order. You can also pick some up at 7-Eleven. Live healthy, live sustainably, live ethically, live aloha at waiakea.com. Thank you guys, the listeners, for giving support to the sponsors, which then allows us to continue supporting us. It's a virtuous cycle. We love it. We love that you're listening. We love that the sponsors are on board. And we love that Wilson Volleyball has been with us since day one. Almost five years now, Wilson has been working with the boys, and we love those guys. We love the volleyballs they make, the ball carts they make. We love the apparel that they make. I saw Troy Field playing golf with the golf clubs that they make. We love Wilson. Love everything they got, love everything they put out there, and as do you. And to get a 20% discount of all Wilson materials, just the volleyball stuff, get use the discount code SANCAST-20. 
All right, that's Sandcast-20 to get 20% off all Wilson materials. I mean, I'd say that off-season's coming up, but there's really no off-season. But at this point in the year, you probably need to restock up on volleyballs. I know I have. I just put in an order for 15 more. It's about time for you to do the same. So use the discount code Sandcast-20 to restock on all Wilson volleyballs, the best beach volleyball in the game. This podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. And guess what? Try and I just signed on another year-long contract with Athletic Greens, keeping the partnership going because it is one of the best partnerships we could have for this podcast. If you guys aren't on Athletic Greens yet, if you're not taking those scoops of those green veggies, I cannot recommend it enough. I haven't been sick in two years because of Athletic Greens, and we bring it on the road. They have these awesome little travel packs that they bring. you can bring on the road with you. I bring them everywhere. I haven't missed a day in the last year and a half or so pretty much ever since me and try started working with them it's basically a multivitamin the best multivitamin on the block it's cheap it's less than three dollars a day which it might sound expensive but if you're investing in your health it's cheaper than your cold brew coffee habit it's cheaper than the lattes and it's way better for you all right, it's it's the the best all-in-one nutritional insurance you can get. I mean, Joe Rogan, he has it. Tim Ferriss is promoting it. Michael Gervais promoting it. Andrew Huberman's promoting it. All the big dogs are. We're just the little dogs here at Sandcast, and we're promoting it, and we stand by it. Me and Try, we've been healthy all season long despite playing two huge schedules this year, and Try's got another couple big ones coming up with Olympic qualifying. And the best way we're fueling ourselves, Athletic Green. And you can fuel yourself the same way by using our code athleticgreens.com slash sandcast. All right, that's where you get our partner deal. You will get five free packs and a year's supply of their vitamin D. That is a year's supply of vitamin D. Now, we're on the beach. We get a lot of it anyway, but you can always use more. It's so good for your immune system. It's so good for your overall health. So that is athleticgreens.com slash sandcast. That's where you will find our partner deal. So I cannot encourage you enough to pick up some athletic greens today. If you love the podcast and want to show how much you love the podcast, then get some Sandcast merchandise. We've got t-shirts, we've got tank tops, we've got coffee mugs, hats, long sleeves, sweatshirts, backpacks, you name it. If you go to sandcastmerch.com, you can find virtually anything you want. And if there's nothing in our store that you don't that you want, you can just send us an email and we'll make it for you. That's how easy it is. So if you want to rock your the merch of your favorite podcast today, tomorrow, whenever you want to get it, go to sandcastmerch.com and start rocking some Sandcast apparel. Looking for a book to read? Well, I know the absolute perfect one. If you're listening to this podcast, that means you are obviously a volleyball fan of some sort, be it indoors or beach volleyball. And that means that you have probably heard of a guy named Ken Steffes. And if you haven't, well, you can flip open our book, Kings of Summer. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere books are sold. You can find our book, Kings of Summer, The Rise of Beach Volleyball. Now, Ken, he didn't do interviews for like 20 years after his retirement when he was 30. He's the most dominant beach volleyball player of all all time. He won more than half the tournaments he played. He won the 1996 Olympic gold medal with Karch Karai, and we wrote all about it. We had the first 
inside look of the rise of beach volleyball from the first professional tournament in 1976 up until those 1996 Atlanta games, the first that beach volleyball was in the Olympics. I had an absolute blast working on this book with Ken, and Ken had a blast writing on it. He's been writing a ton on Facebook. He is back in the beach volleyball game, and the best, I mean, it's honestly... You know, it's the work that I'm probably more proud of than anything that I've done because it, it had interviews from all the greats. It had Sinjin Smith, it had Karch Karai, it's got Randy, Dodd, Hovland, and then Kent's there the whole time, his voice going in and out and writing it with me. And if you're a fan of old school beach volleyball, if you're a fan of beach volleyball at all, if you're a fan of volleyball or the Olympics or just stories of greatness, that is the one for you. So go ahead, go to Amazon and pick up a copy of Kings of Summer today. It was it was really special. Yeah, he definitely took a pretty like emotional team leader role, <clears throat> which was very fitting and good. And I learned a lot. And like he's really calm too, so there wasn't much of like a. Uh, even though there was definitely like he's older, more experienced, uh, he didn't seem to kind of lord that over me at all. Uh, so it felt pretty much like a team effort. So yeah that was that was really fun he has a lot of fire but also knows how to play calm and consistent so yeah he was great um for the early years but just in general he's like a really good partner to play with he makes his team better yeah even if he's not better he makes his partner better so did you feel like you could be like your full confident self playing on the court with someone so experienced because like as an example when taylor crab started playing with jake gibb Uh, oh yeah i couldn't what am i gonna tell jake yeah, and then I got an Olympic gold medalist as a coach in Rich. So Taylor just didn't say a word for like the first two years. And yeah, I'm curious how that was that. for you. I, I felt that with some partners I played with that were older than me for sure. Yeah, it kind of depended on, I don't know exactly why. But with Paul, he had the demeanor that can like unlock someone like me, which I'm, I can be kind of guarded like that. Like I can, I don't know, maybe if Taylor were to play with Paul, I don't know, but, but I've also. Yeah, I've also played with Jake too, just in like King of the Court stuff, and yeah, it seemed similar. So I don't know, but at least with Paul and me, I felt like I could open up. But I did feel a little bit like I'll do my part, like do my best. I'm not going to really tell him what to do, like yeah. or just like advise him or have an idea. I didn't. Well, I didn't really have ideas, anyways. I didn't really know <laughs> like what to tell him. So, like, yeah. But if it, it didn't feel like I was being stifled at all or anything when I played with him, so pretty yeah. much from the get go, yeah, yeah. Because you uh, you played with a couple experienced partners. You had uh, Loomis. I know Loomis. Yeah, I, like loved playing with you. Yeah, that must have been fun. That Loomis really is a fun, fun dude. Loomis is really fun to play with. Yeah. <laughs> training, like yeah, the tournaments are what everyone sees, but then like each tournament comes with like three weeks of training, four weeks at least. If it's like partner hopping, it's yeah. probably like three weeks. If it's season it's more um but that's like the 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 gold is with playing with someone is just the well it's all equal so the tournament is like one fourth of uh the experience yeah Yeah. so lumi i was uh chatting with him i caught up with him he moved back to atlanta for a little bit but he's like dude when me and miles partnered up i got a (laughs) two-hour phone call with miles because loomis is i mean he'll he'll talk about anything and you put him in a room with a curious person like yourself and you can have a great conversation. He's like, dude, that was the longest conversation I've ever had with a partner was with yeah. Miles. He's like, I knew right away this kid was special. 
Well, yeah, you got it. there's so much stuff. It's like such a waste of time to be like go to a practice and you spend five minutes like, oh, where do you want your set? In what situations do you want it where? And it's like you can do all of that over the phone. Yeah. Don't have to drive like two hours to meet each other. <laughs> so we did like all that stuff, defense, transition, back sets, where we want to serve, who wants to serve how. Like there's so much stuff that you can just like make a document and just run through it as fast as you can if you ever play with a new partner so that yeah. the practices are more like just ironing stuff out that you already know. So that's what I, I did that with Paul a little bit and I did it with Lev a little bit and with Ty. It's super yeah. smart. I feel like everyone would love that. I feel like, like oh, we had we, to do it. Yeah, it was we like just a covered necessity. a lot of ground. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like that was good. Part of being a good partner is just making your partner's life easier. I feel like that just makes their life so much easier when you just have like, here's where I want my set, here's a good defensive philosophy. This, yeah, that, defensive the philosophy too, yeah. What would you say is your defensive philosophy? And you can reveal or not reveal as much as you want, but I think you have such a you have such a distinct style of defense because you'll see a lot of players uh, like you see. A, I think you most closely resemble like a, a Christian Sorum, who sort of sits in the seam, shuffle, 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 and then gets in. Or you see some defenders just like get in their space and stay yeah. there. And you see other guys yeah. just start taking off. But yeah. you have this like shuffle left, shuffle right, shuffle left, and I'm on the line now. And then it'd be like the other way and you're in the angle. <laughs> yeah, I've done a lot of like trying to figure the same thing out. I talked with uh, my brother and Tyler Hildebrand a lot. I did uh, like, I didn't intern, but I just like shadowed the national team practices. Indoor? No, f- sorry, for the beach things. Okay. Like they did them um, kind of consistently with like most of the top teams. And Tyler would help run them with, like, the, the 2020 Olympic cycle. Um, so I would go to those, and that was really good. Tyler taught me a lot about, like, the theory, the game theory behind it. So uh, then I, I sort of tried to use those principles whenever I was watching film, and it kind of evolved from there. And it's still evolving. But, yeah, it's kind of it's just like chess, so it kind of evolves. Everyone has their own style. You take what you can from other people and put in what you're what – you're, personality uh uh is like has an affinity for because that's a huge part too so it all comes out in how you play defense i'm more like uh i'm pretty skittish like if i was to get in a fight like if there's no reward for losing or like it's just i would just or if we're playing tag like i'm super skittish so you you'll like never get me i'm gonna run (laughs) if you're blocking me like over there i'm gonna hit it like you know as far away as from you as possible i'm not gonna yeah. like sneak it by you whereas trevor like i don't know i feel like he, he tries to like find the block and like get it right next to it or yeah some other shooters are like trying to go over the block i don't know i'm trying sometimes i try to go way away but there's so much court that you go way away and then it's a, it's out so you have to there's there's a balance in, in in that stuff and it all kind of converges to a pretty similar game to everyone else but there's yeah. little differences here and there so yeah, so the same thing with defense. So definitely like a chess game, you're trying to read the other player. That's what I'm thinking. Kind of t- toying with being a little bit more on defense, but I feel, at least last year, I felt like defense was offense and offense was defense. So you're trying to... The moves you have, the move are... Wait, which offense is like you're attacking and they have to react. That's how it feels on defense. It's like you're attacking okay. and they have to react. I like that. 
Uh, and then, but offense felt like defense. It was, <laughs> which kind of is, so it's not like I had it both, both, probably the best is both are offense, right? I don't know. But it just feels like defense sometimes is more like offense. It's the area, you shouldn't call it what it is. Yeah. Uh, it should be, they should, they should flip it. I like but, that. Did yeah, you, did so you doing the shuffles is a big part of that. Yeah. Did like, you get that yourself or was that a Hildebrand? Uh kind of flipping it in that defense. No, that, I mean it's based kind of on what he was saying, but he didn't specifically like use that language. But yeah. You don't yeah. talk about it. Sharp volleyball mind. Tyler Hildebrand. He probably yeah. I think he watches the most film of yeah, anyone I've he's ever maybe met. Maybe watched more. He does a lot of a lot of uh studies. So he had he he did some like blocking studies which had like I don't know two hundred matches associated with them so he had to watch all of those and um, look at a very specific part of it and then he did like all the scouting reports for a bunch of U.S. teams or not all of them but a lot of them I think yeah. so that's a huge amount of film too each team requires like ten matches or something yeah and I know he was big on optioning I mean he's big really? on sort yeah. of. Uh, because I just we're putting together like all of the the interviews we've done and mm. taking the best snippets from each and putting them into a book. Yeah, which will be I think pretty fun. But Tyler's it was so fun to listen to because he's just such a proponent of film. He's like, if yeah. you see something one time, it doesn't mean much. If you see something a dozen times, it still probably doesn't mean much. Even a hundred. He's like, but I've seen the best teams do this a thousand times. Because I'm not yeah. telling you that you need to do it, but the game is. The game is telling you that this is the direction we're going, that that's probably a good thing to add. And he, I mean, he was big on the option before it was as big as it is now. He was big mm-hmm. on moving the offense, and he's big yeah. on blocking outside the body. Yeah, and, the and now you see leverage. all the best teams yeah. in the world are optioning, moving the yeah. offense, and blocking outside the body, at least doing yeah. two of those three things. Yeah, it's, yeah, all, I feel like most sports evolve like that. They have all evolved towards a more conning and stuff like that i wonder if chess even evolved more to that where chess is like at the higher levels you're trying to fake what you're trying to do yeah. a lot more because the pattern recognition is so high and like good that mm-hmm. it helps to fake um yeah even survivor you know the survivor reality show <laughs> yeah it's evolved too it's, you know, <laughs> i know now it's all about alliances well it used to be alliances all the way through to the end of the game that's like yeah. the equivalent of like being stopped and balanced on defense for beach yeah and just like you stay in the same spot and like maximize court coverage which some teams still do and it's really they're, they're good teams they're like top ranked teams but uh yeah survivor was like alliances from day one they wouldn't break till the end you yeah. know like we're, we're into the final three there's like a little bit but now it's like at least the season since i stopped watching and like way more blind sides way yeah. more like conning and <laughs> and changing alliances and like just the, that's how it's weird how that evolved and volleyball is now like a lot of conning like trying to fake people out and then there's trade-offs with that that you have to keep in mind and and uh it's like I think basketball and football probably all had the similar journey and still are on it. Pretty much every everything where people compete. Yeah. It's been it's cool like to math. watch beach volleyball go through a couple different adaptations because when I first started playing, like 2016-ish, the game was getting huge. Like, I mean, you probably had 10 to 12 seven-footers on the oh, men's the side. Height, yeah. The height of the blockers, but then – when a lot of federations just didn't have seven footers, so they're like, all right, well, how do we beat these guys? We go small and fast. And then you saw yeah. like the the offenses now. Now the big men are sort of getting pushed out because if you can't keep up, 
you're just getting open net swings yeah, all the time, kind of and the defenders like, "What do we around. do?" And yeah. like the adaptation of the game has been really fun yeah. to watch. It's all like converging to, uh, well, it'll keep moving. Yeah, it'll probably keep moving. I don't see how far it can move past an option though. Maybe you could. I don't know. There's well, there's gonna be like Kusti Novak's now just setting it over on one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you tried that yet? A little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. good. The vision's kind of bad. Well, maybe it could be good. I don't know. Sometimes you do it blindly and you just hope. Yeah. Which is a lot of attacking. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, but you're, I mean, speaking of trying to take things from different people, I think you have the arm swing that I'm sort of trying to emulate the most. Mm-hmm. You like coil it so fast and then it just, you hit it. Your contact point is so high. And ever since I started tweaking it, to try to resemble yours a little bit, my side out percentage has gone way up. Oh really? Yeah. That's so thank you for that. <laughs> no, that's you learning from yeah. you. <laughs> you could have learned it from Smedens. Yeah, or someone else. So you you kind of modeled yours after Smedens? I don't know. No, it, it went through so many iterations. Yeah. Like there's so many videos on my phone of like arm swing, like trying to figure out what's the best arm swing and like yeah. copying people. I used to hit like. Similar to how a lot of girls hit with like a lot of lumbar like yeah uh, extension and like pretty really high elbow and then like some guys hit like that too but I mean Jake yeah, Gibb that was the kind that was of the signature I'm talking yeah. more about like okay like this you know a lot of girls hit like that especially younger girls like yeah. they'll they'll start playing volleyball like that so that's how I kind of hit and then it started slowly going more and more down and then my wrist started going more and more down because I was trying to. Like, yeah, Tyler showed me, yeah, Tyler taught me a lot of stuff. He taught, he showed me like some of the arm swings from top players from beach and indoor and like showed, uh, and Theo Brunner showed me a lot too. He showed me this article from George Jastis, which is like a Greek guy. Cause Theo's from sort of from Greece. I mean, his wife is, so he goes yeah. there. So he showed me that article and then I like saw that tried to play around with some stuff and I have a field at home that I can like tinker with my arm swing like Mm -hmm. if something like comes to me I'm thinking like deliberately but sometimes things just come to me and if I like don't want to lose it like I'll just go on my field and work on it uh it's kind of like music like you just when an idea comes to you you just like go play it see how it sounds if it's good you keep doing it and like develop it if it's bad you just throw it out so that's kind of how I feel like a lot of my volleyball game has developed and I have like a wall I can hit balls against outside so a lot of my passing was developed through that same with setting a lot of shots too that ball is that wall at my house is probably it's amazing it's so good like you need (laughs) it to be like a certain height um, because too low it's not very good but yeah I probably hit like a hundred I don't know how many like a big number hundred thousand balls <laughs> just it's so much fun to like learn uh I did it at UCLA too like water breaks or after practice I would just go to the wall in our gym and like practice setting and passing and stuff it's amazing so, how useful just a wall can be yeah you can get so players. much better with a wall oh my gosh yeah, you when don't need I, anything when I first it's all about here. self-discovery too so it's like yeah. just you uh, I love it. It's yeah. the best. When I first moved here, I'd go to 24 Fitness, and I didn't know anyone here yet, and so no one would play yeah, with me. You don't need to. And you so, just use a wall. Man, I would just use a wall, and then I'd set into a <laughs> basketball hoop. Yeah. And it was, yeah. I'd be like hitting, I'd practice with hitting tennis balls. Yeah. I thought that would make my hand contact better. Really? And it kind of did. <laughs> but you also, 
if you do that's it, interesting if yeah. you do it too much though <laughs> what, what your, happened your snap gets thrown off really because if you snap on a tennis ball the timing of it's different really so i try to be coming <laughs> over top of volleyball yeah like with the speed that I would a tennis ball, and so just be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But using different implements can help. Like now you learn, oh, there's different ways to snap. Like that could be helpful. I don't know. Yeah. You probably use that again at yeah, some point, right? Or just on... knowing that there's like one timing and there's multiple, and you need to get the right one. Yeah. Like all that little stuff you learn is really helpful in problem solving. Like yeah. And now, like yeah. in between sets of weightlifting, uh, we have a bunch of uh, Wilson mini balls. And oh, so yeah. I'll just pass a mini ball yeah, against a wall yeah. for like two minutes and then I get back to it. That's great. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you go to pass a real ball and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. This thing's huge. And it hits one arm anyways like 80% of the time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Makes me feel better for that you say that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny how people like, yeah, it usually hits one arm. That's yeah. what Andy showed me that, but yeah. It's, uh, I wonder just how many because you're only 21 but with that wall that you have at your house i mean you probably have the reps of like a 35 year old i don't know the reps are also higher quality when you're a kid because your like brain is squishier so yeah or at least they're like they could be worse quality so you could ingrain really bad habits but uh they're they're not necessarily higher quality they're like more impressionable so yeah i don't know it's hard to yeah hard to tell but definitely probably some guys i probably have reps over in certain skills yeah especially setting too because like i did indoor stuff too so that's yeah. like 200 sets of do you practice. uh do you miss indoor uh no not a lot i'm happy to be on the beach yeah yeah and how was uh you left ucla yeah in january i was looking today i think it was january um it wasn't january it was or it was the very end of january or the very beginning of february somewhere okay. in there yeah. somewhere in that winter yeah how like because obviously i mean you were kind of in like a win-win you're on a great team at ucla yeah you finish the season you guys probably still are competing or winning a national championship or you can go play full-time on the beach yeah two good options i'm curious what i thought the i could decision do yeah. yeah i thought i could do both like simultaneously or like both at a decently high level and like high commitment level and it kind of dawned on me when the FIVB, FIVB schedule came out how much or like how many percentage points I was sacrificing on Andy and I's odds of qualifying with like the three out of four thing world champs coming up the finishes you need to obtain before world champs and then uh the training like having to come off the indoor season which ends like two days ago because they just finished and then like all that that takes like a lot of emotional and focus and whatever so you, it might be nice to have like a dead week or a dead month which i probably wouldn't have had any of that you got to go straight to beach and grinding and like trying to get everything up and running and get the plane up and flying before these europe tournaments that are coming up um, which some of which we might have not even got into if I hadn't played these Brazil tournaments. So, yeah, at the time, like January and, and before that, I was like, yeah, this is going to be difficult to do both. I think felt like for sure I could have at least like tried to do both, but it felt like I was kind of taking a lot too much away from beach and beaches where I have a lot more like intrinsic passion so yeah like yeah so 
then come we had like five games or something i don't know how many and then uh i was thinking about it but i just with the olympics like how much that was and then i wouldn't have left if our team didn't uh have like other setters but we had like two other good setters um i didn't feel like i was abandoning them so uh yeah yeah so uh I thought it was a good decision to leave. I wanted to keep playing beach. Um, it didn't feel like a win-win situation to stay. Yeah. It was it was lose on either side. I had to lose somewhere. I was going to lose on beach if I stayed. I was going to lose on indoor if I left. Yeah. Um, so I was just like in a little bit of a pickle. But I knew I wasn't like abandoning the team. So that kind of gave me a little bit more clearance in my head. Uh to leave because i wouldn't have done it if, if it was like the hawaii setter leaving like i don't know what they have on their bench they actually might have some other really good setters i'm not sure but if he left that's a big deal but like if i left i knew we had we had good hands to set the team so yeah and then also school was getting kind of tough and that was like the busiest uh season yet because my freshman year was like really heavy lockdowns so it was all online oh, yeah. like super delayed canceled season so it was like very minimal and then uh whatever sophomore year had like a lot of lockdowns too it was like kind of a um the season amount of games was diminished we had like a ton of home games and then the next year like we had a bunch of away games because we used all our home games and there was a bunch of travel in that last quarter of school which is the quarter i was graduating and like i was concerned about just finishing my classes i might have to take another quarter because i didn't know how i do so all that stuff kind of came together and i was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna step away from the team so got to play full-time beach which was really good um and i'm, I'm happy i got to i'm really happy the guys won. guys won too i kind of yeah. thought me leaving would potentially make them better as a team because like i i thought it, it might improve um some of the team dynamic with like playing time stuff um which is a big part of all, every team so you know they won so my theory is at least not contradicted but uh, <laughs> it's not necessarily true either uh but yeah I'm, i was really happy they won though um I watched the game two days ago and i was cheering a lot it was a good so, final yeah it was a really good final yeah and yeah. andrew rowan he was uh, a capable yeah. fill-in yeah he was great yeah, I got to see him like for four months um, before I left, and I was like, "Yeah, this guy's very good." So. Yeah. Well, it's cool. I mean, you ended up playing two fantastic tournaments in Brazil. Mm-hmm. UCLA ended up winning a national championship. Yeah. Your theory was right. Bam! <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's Everyone's go. happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it so, worked out. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think that? your play in brazil like would you have been able to go do you know i might have it was the two tournaments i don't know Sprau was willing to work with me ucla coach john Sprau uh was willing to work with me for playing beach um but it's just kind of it's so much about like we're all in we're bought in which is what like most college programs are like and it's kind of weird to have someone like leave but I could have. I think he would have been okay if I led to at least one. I don't know about two. Uh, so, yeah. 
I, I don't think I would have been able to go to both. And then the training too, though, like having right. full time training, like film too, um, and just like mental focus being like one direction uh, would have been compromised as well. Yeah, if I had done like a hybrid thing. Yeah. Well, selfishly, yeah. as a beach fan. As a USA fan, as a Miles Partain fan, I'm really happy that you went full-time on the beach. It's good to see you out there. Yeah. Yeah, I was planning to do it anyways, but I did it earlier than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I was really happy to be here. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Is it cool for you, or is it still a little bit surreal that you are a legitimate contender to qualify for the Olympic Games? Uh, direction is to try to get there and evaluations on it happening or not are to be postponed until it happens or it doesn't. I don't yeah. think it helps that much to like evaluate. Agreed. So like the direction is set. We're going to go to as many turn or like whatever tournaments we think will give us the best odds and, and uh, it's in God's hands where it goes. So yeah, that's the, so it, if it dawns on me or not, I'm not trying to focus on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you guys playing the world championships thing tomorrow? Yeah, we're playing in that North Seca qualifier. Okay, yeah, so for our listeners, we'll there in the morning, we'll have already been over, so you'll know who won. But oh yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, everyone's playing, but I, I think Tryon came right. I don't know. I didn't look at the bracket. Okay, I know when we play though. When do you so play? I play at ten. Okay. Do you know? Yeah. Do you have to win two or three? We play at ten, which is the quarterfinals. Okay, so quarter semifinals. Mm-hmm. Who do you start with? I don't know. We play the eight versus nine. I haven't, okay, so you play I haven't looked at the teams yet. Yeah. Got it. So yeah, I'm, I'm planning on coming out to watch that. Oh. I was thinking about signing up. I was like, man, I don't want to mess up a legitimate like world championship Olympic race. Cause like, even if I call for like, I'm, I'm commentating the Olympic, the <laughs> world championships anyway. <laughs> so it's like, all I do is just mess things up. I'm going to be better as a fan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> I feel like they should. Yeah, that would be funny if you played and commentated your game on a mic, <laughs> just live. I feel like you could once you get to a certain level where everything's like super automatic and you yeah. can just kind of go on cruise control during a game. Which, yeah, that'd be really funny. It's been you know, commentating. I think has actually helped me strategically a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. Because when I'm commentating, yeah. I'm only viewing the match through the lens of what's happening and what's the strategy. Yeah, and when I'm in a match, I'm like, if I were commentating, what would I be saying right now? It's like, why have we served Bill Kalinsky eight times in a row and he's sided out eight times? Like, let's give Hagen a ball. Yeah, <laughs> it's helped. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah, if you can explain something, you know it a lot better. For sure. Like actively explain it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you know from all the learning. Yeah. Books. Writing about it, yeah. talking about it, podcasting. It's it's put my I think improvement on. Yeah. as expedited as as possible yeah yeah for sure and so your schedule you have the world championship thing tomorrow yeah what's next for you guys you're well huntington uh yeah there's the huntington avp and then there's some europe tournaments so we're gonna do the huntington avp and then then you're we leave after that for i think the first one's ostrava and then there's i don't know okay. the order I think are you guys in be. are you in elite 16s now we're in the qualifier for Ostrava, Sweet. which is an Elite 16. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, Is that your first Elite? Uh, yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. How was it so, uh, playing Maldives in Dubai? 
Uh, yeah, was, was that good. your first time like competing on the road? I know you did some U twenty one stuff, but yeah, a little bit different. Um, it was really long flight, but it was fine. We got there early enough to like adjust. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, all the same kind of feeling as it playing EVPs. Not too much different. Uh, yeah, level was sort of better, sometimes worse. I don't know. It was kind of weird. Pretty spread out skill levels there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it, it was it was uh it was really cool. Good time to uh it was like I don't know if Annie and I didn't do like well-ish we might not have been able to do the other tournaments we just did in Brazil and then yeah. if you can't do those and you can't do the next ones I mean like you're kind of it's pretty cutthroat with the entry points so I'm really glad we got to do those and I was doing school during it, but I kind of just deferred all my school and just was committing to catching up. I mean, that's a long. <laughs> you were on. You were yeah. in Asia for what three weeks? Yeah, I was got lost three <laughs> weeks on school. Jeez. I did like one week of like partial school or like the bare minimum just to not like take huge hits to my grade, and then yeah. I just decided to grind when I got back. Uh, I thought I was gonna do school there, and I just was like, no, <laughs> not doing that. Yeah. Time like, to do school, and you're staring out the you guys Maldives, go to the like sand, ah. yeah, the sand dunes in Dubai. And I was like, that was our one day off. I was like, I'm gonna go ATVing on the sand dunes. I'm not gonna write an essay about <laughs> like I don't even know something stupid. So yeah, yeah, it worked out. I mean, you want a gold medal? Yeah. It's pretty sweet. You guys were the first to win a gold oh, medal yeah, in a yeah. pretty long time. Yeah, that was really cool. That was special. Mm-hmm. And you won. That was the first Dubai you won, right? Uh, Yeah, first Dubai. Then second one you got? We got ninth. Ninth? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a long trip. I'm sure you probably learned a lot about travel and trying to stay fresh and healthy. Yeah, that's a big part of the game. You're, yeah, I mean, yeah. as you know, I mean, you're going to have to do that quite a bit. I mean, three weeks sometimes is like the bare minimum. He's like, shacked yeah. a deer and we're on the road for 11 weeks. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's constantly stressful. You're just out of your natural, like, whatever. Whatever is your normal, it's always changing. So that's, like, the definition of stress is, like, yeah. a change to what's normal. So it's always stressful traveling. Everything's yeah. changing. How do you yeah. do with travel and the sleep and everything? It's okay. Yeah, I'm Not fine bad. sitting in the middle seat if I have to. Like, I don't really care. But, yeah, it's just... It's not bad. Yeah, I don't like hate it, but I don't like it either. Yeah. How are your knees? They're pretty good. They're a little like tendonitis-y. I've done a lot of research on like driving to Hermosa and back so much for these practices. There's podcasts I listen to, and one of them's called The Jacked Athlete. It's like really good. It's all about, mostly about uh, patellar tendinopathy and like just jumper's knee. So I've been able to use a lot of his stuff to help like rehab. Um, which has been yeah. really nice to kind of know from a science-y perspective what's going on and, like, yeah. practical how to fix it, too. So You ever listen to Knees Over Toes guy? Yeah, I've listened to him a good amount. Um, yeah, he's cool. Yeah, what have been yeah. some things that have helped you with your knee? Because uh, I, I think about yeah. 80% of our listeners probably have some kind of tendonitis going on. Yeah, patellar quad tendonitis is huge. Um yeah, there's a bunch of components to it that the jacked athlete guy Jake Tura talks about. I bought his like PDF thing that shows you uh, kind of a model for how to think about and treat patellar tendonitis, and I really like it. It's not very. He's just it's not special, but he just talks about being doing active like recovery. You don't want to just kind of rest it and do like 
light stuff. So he has a really good like ladder on how to get back to training. The bottom of it is like doing a bunch of isometrics. It's like, yeah, just staying in the same position, contracting muscles against a load. So there's a lot of like quad isometrics that are really good. Um, and there's like, yeah, there's a really cool YouTube video about stress shielding and stress relaxation with like what your tendons do and ISOs help use that effect. But if you take a piece of paper, I tried doing it myself. You take a piece of paper, you rip it like slightly, just a little bit, and then pull from the ends. And like that little rip is, but the stress on is supposed to like redistribute to the healthy fibers of the piece of paper. So paper probably won't break the first rip, yeah. the first pull. But if you just hold the pull and like hold it and hold it slowly, like the fibers that are shielding the stress from the rip part will like start to relax, and then the stressed part will get stress, and it'll actually rip. The paper will rip. So that's kind of like the idea with the isometrics with your. Uh, at least how I like to think about it with the, for my knee. So yeah. you can do those, get the stress shielding thing so that the injured part of the tendon actually gets a like, load on it because it'll just be stress shielded if you just do it like for a normal concentric or like normal rep where you go down and up without right. a long isometric. That's like 30, at least 30, well, they say 30 seconds is like the optimal time, but... I don't know, based on some studies and stuff. So I like that. That's the bottom of the ladder. And then there's like a few other stages with like weightlifting, like store and release, and then finally return to play. So I use that like framework to kind of assess my knee health. But then there's a bunch of stuff with my ankles that have really helped too. Because if your ankles are weak and they can't absorb energy, it shoots up to your knee. So right. if you can't do like single leg top jumps, or at least double leg top jumps, without your ankles like clapping the ground like that's a problem so i i realized that recently and i just did a bunch of single leg single leg jump rope jumps that helped my yeah. knees a lot and he says you should just drink two gallons of water and that'll fix everything <laughs> a day i love it when yeah. andy gets on a theory like that He's it like, worked for him though like yeah. he was hurting and then he did it and it wasn't yeah and he, then he stopped and it started hurting again and then he did it and it wasn't so i don't know I mean, it's I'm on board. Him. I'm with him for the two gallons yeah. of water a day. But Andy was also, he swore off weightlifting for like eight years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to see he's yeah, back on his, He looks know. great now. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, he's a funny guy. He's so funny. I freaking love Andy. Show up to practice, like no shirt, just a gallon of water. <laughs> Lucena cracked up about that. like, no backpack, nothing. No like, warm up. Nope. <laughs> no. He's warming up a little more now, but I, I, he also, he's also convinced me the warm up is not that necessary. I don't warm up that much anymore. Either. No, because you and Tim Brewster were the warm up yeah, kings. Yeah, I used to warm up a lot. I had all the bands and everything, yeah. and I've gotten more into like a play art mode. Probably a little too much right now, but there's like the science art spectrum or. I don't know. You can be like super clinical and data driven and like three sets of eight, like every time, every day, like track, track everything, measure everything kind of vibe or like, let's just do what we want. Let's be like in the flow state of having fun and like make stuff up on the fly. And like, I don't know, I'm more in the art side right now, but like still trying to, you kind of have to know the science rules. And right. then once you know science, uh, once you know the rules, you can learn when to break them. So, like, I feel like I have a decent understanding of the muscles that need to be on and, like, what they protect if they're – or what's vulnerable if they're not. And then, like, I'll just do stuff that's – I'll just kind of wait for them to turn on. If they're not, I'll do something I need to. If 
and then like I like doing a lot of the animal flow, like bear crawls and yeah. all the different like lizard crawls mm-hmm. and amoeba things a little bit and like handstands and stuff. So I just do some of that for warm ups and and some band stuff too. But yeah, yeah, it's been nice like doing a lot of research on like how the body works and like muscles and stuff and uh, all the planes of movement and has helped kind of make me relax that like okay i don't need to do that it's just like a suggestion that has these general effects but it's not gonna kill you if you don't do it uh these are this is why and all that stuff so it's really nice like having some of that knowledge but sometimes it's just laziness not working out too (laughs) (laughs) or not not uh warming up it's just like let's just play i'm Uh, yeah man i think playing cbvas has just like crushed my warm-up routine i'm like you just listen we're on our six (laughs) max a day just roll out the ball (laughs) (laughs) now i show up to practice like two minutes before because i used to be like a 20 minute warm-up guy now i just like show up hypervolt just warm up during the game like just don't jump don't you gotta be careful you cannot max jump like until you're ready yeah like once you you just can't do that like probably max hits too but especially the jumping if you yeah. have knee stuff and then hitting if you have back stuff probably or shoulder stuff but just wait like just wait a little bit the competitive yeah. juices will start to flow and like i don't know everything's activated but there's a there's a balance of science and art and you need to find it for you yeah, yeah. just play some one-on-one skinny court for a little yeah, bit that's like full, i mean it's a lot of science too but yeah it's like a very art heavy or like play flow state heavy that's what i really like the skinny court yeah it's like not clinical at all and like it's just having fun um you learn a lot more like that so yeah fun with a purpose yeah fun with a purpose (laughs) it doesn't have to be fun though but like it usually is but that's not the point because i mean i end up i like i have the most fun when i know i'm getting better at something you have the fun yeah exactly same yeah like i don't like goofing off isn't Fun, like no, it's not fun. Yeah, it depends what you me. think is fun. Yeah, right. Like uh, if I if I want to have fun, like goofing off at dinner or whatever after, mm-hmm. or like playing a board game. Yeah, that could be fun. But at practice, yeah. goofing off is just a waste of not just your time but everyone's time. Yeah. Well, so. sometimes goofing off is getting better. I mean, not like your thought of goofing off might be jump setting. And right. That's actually something you but should do. Yeah. Maybe like if if you think it fits wherever you think you should spend your like spend your chips or whatever on yeah see i think spend your time on what you want to get better off with the purpose like, yeah it's yeah. fun with the purpose yeah yeah it's got to be purpose-driven stuff but some stuff sometimes it can kind of take a while for it to like get good so it might look horrible at first and you just have to like chalk it up to goofing off yeah while that's happening but if you can see a purpose at the end of it yeah it's it's with a purpose for sure that's um, what gosh i have so, so much, much trouble with this because i think i have one of the worst practice records in the history of beach volleyball like I losing lose, i lose all the time because mm. i'll come in mm. with like three focuses like one focus is optioning or one focus is arm swing and like if yeah. I'm doing, even if i'm optioning out of bounds i'll still keep doing it yeah and i'll lose and yeah the, you, but should, I, you should be practicing pra- this practice how you play in a game exactly travis i know but then i go through that and i'm like well, <laughs> no that's like not do, a good I gotta practice winning that's right? not good yeah, i'll go into a match i'll be like man i haven't won a set in like a week yeah and then you're the, <laughs> you, you just you you win in like these games and then lose a bunch to get the underdog benefit and then you go back to the exactly <laughs> it's like way better <laughs> exactly. to lose in practice if you're trying hard in practice it's way better to lose yeah way better especially like, when it keeps you humble it keeps you like yeah. thinking you need to get better and then games it's also really good to lose for your development, but it just kind of sucks when you're trying to get results. But 
Yeah, there's a bright side to everything. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because like if I'm like well, I'm actually, playing Huntington with Shakter, yeah. like never played with Shakter before, so I don't uh, want to yeah. be like losing with Sam. He's gonna be like, right. bro, I came all the way from Toronto to play with this. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, I've had that balance too, like playing with really good players, and I'm like, okay, like I'm not trying to work on anything. I'm going full like game yeah. mode. I'm doing, <laughs> I gotta go doing absolute best I can here. right now. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. So there's different modes that you can play in, but the typical like oh like practice like a game so it transfers to the game like that's i mean people weight lift like that's a huge contradiction to that like you never lift a 45 pound metal bar in a game but they still say it transfers like <laughs> right. and then it's like that whole practice like a game mentality is like very much contradicted by weightlifting like if that was true as a all-encompassing rule and then it doesn't all-encompass training either so i mean people know that but sometimes they take it too far i think yeah. it should be taken pretty far the other way yeah yeah this is why i love talking to you but, like yeah. the stuff just comes up that's fun to talk about yeah <laughs> yeah training theory it's fun yeah they like because yeah. also i mean all sport is is hypothesizing and, and, theory and, and testing <laughs> yeah. and seeing what works for it's you. like humans they're and not very for like, me predictable might not work for yeah. you like yeah. what works for you is jump everything. setting and optioning but if you're not a great jumper and you don't have a great feel for it jump setting and optioning is probably not a great idea it depends yeah if you put it in under development like put it under r&d for a while and just <laughs> under r&d like, i uh, love that just keep practicing it like relentlessly like lower your training partner uh quality like you know like trying not to play with players as good so you can like kind of have a it's kind of an understanding that you'll play to where you close-ish to where you would in a match. So if you're not going to do that, just play with people a little bit worse, and then you can practice on stuff, practice with stuff you want to work on. I like that. Um, I think you should if you wanted to do like something new, yeah, like a lot that would like compromise practicing with better players. Just go practice with someone else or practice on your own against a wall. There you go. The wall's <laughs> always there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't need other people always. Um, it's good to have both. What's uh yeah. Like what does fun look like for you? For just life in general? Just like the greatest enjoyment cuz I think uh, you know when you won Atlanta it looked like you were like why don't I get, I don't get to play more volleyball? Uh like cuz Paul's no, like celebrating and you were just like ready to play another point it looked like cuz some people chase those highs but I th I feel yeah, like Yeah, no, it was a high, but Yeah. Yeah, they're uh the the more fun things I have, like some of the, I'll get way more excited if I learn how to, like I used to not be able to hit line at a late decision point very well. And it would severely limit my attacking options and the process of learning that. And some of the breakthroughs I came through to try and add it into my game was way more fun than winning atlanta to me i think I at least that. like a pure fun yeah atlanta feels like a. it was very fun but it was like uh different i don't know it's more pure when you just like you're working on something you find a breakthrough just by yourself and like yeah you just go tell marcus or something about it that's yeah. like really fun for me well because then and it just feels like for every match yeah and it pay, it's that. actually like winning atlanta probably made me worse for the next tournament like actually like <laughs> mentally like i'm like, entitled like oh i'm gonna win everything again you actually did play worse in the next tournament <laughs> it's like i'm like i'm trying to win like as much as possible like everyone else is if you're competing and it's like well winning actually takes away from that so yeah 
usually people don't play as well. They play much better after yeah. losing. So it's always better to lose in the practice right before a tournament starts. Yeah. But you also don't want to not try. And like I don't know. I'm always like after uh, genuine loss. It's genuine loss, yeah. but you're trying. Yeah. Like yeah, and then uh, which doesn't always like yeah. And then when you win, you go. You're like oh shoot. Like all right, I gotta be careful. Like for this first game of this tournament. Yeah. You know. And then what, if you uh, lose, you're like, dang it. Just like naturally up. dang it. Yeah. yeah, you're just like, ah, okay, I need I need to really be focused. What um, gets you going the most? I feel like you're just so fired up by learning because some people, they're like, they love being the underdog, love like getting that fire from loot, like that fear of failure gets them going. A lot of uh, people are motivated chasing those highs. Oh, yeah. No, the fear of failure is a big thing too, I think. Yeah. But like... I also really do like the learning, but yeah, the, I don't know. I like winning. I don't know. I don't, I probably like losing less than, well, if I play well from a mental, I've heard Theo talk about this. If you're like, if you feel like you had a good game, you did what you thought leads to positive outcomes and like you did it consistently and like at your best ability, you stayed like confident and aggressive throughout the whole match, like minimal amounts of hesitating and like, uh and if if all that stuff happens or like a high percentage of it does kind of up for debate what that percentage is but if you feel good about it i'm okay with losing a lot of times but then if i feel like i kind of got weak in a certain moment and i didn't like notice it and flip it and just kind of wallowed in it then i'll be like that's the worst yeah i don't like that at yeah. all yeah well, that's way get, like, worse stuck than in a rut. how good winning is yeah yeah winning's not i mean winning even winning winning like ugly isn't even that fun either i mean it's cool to win but it's fun when you just like play well and do stuff you're working on like good and then sometimes that yeah sometimes losing like that is more fun than winning yeah like not like that are you uh are you like when you are playing in a a real match are you able to turn off like here's what i'm working on and just yeah. say, let's just it, go the win. pressure is so high like if i if my brain doesn't feel like it's like ready for execution it just won't do it yeah which is like a really interesting have you probably noticed that too huh oh, yeah yeah it's Especially like with, uh, it's a law of like golf. human nature yeah Golf's i'm sure every sport I noticed that yeah like trying some new kind of shot or what yeah a new shot or just like a little tweak in yeah. a swing or if a it's the last hole and scores here will you do it no no <laughs> you'll never do it no. <laughs> yeah you're only gonna do like but then you can't be one-dimensional too much well golf doesn't matter i mean with that but like with beach if you're right. one-dimensional that's difficult but like then that i mean those high high pressure moments help like spur your like deep decision making that deep decision making like in your brain where it's like very far back there it's really hard to like tinker with it it's like stuck yeah. like people will work on shots like every like they'll shoot like 90 percent of practice hits like i'm working on my high line today like working on my cut shot and they go in the game and it's like they'll probably do like one cut shot and it was probably like doug they probably got a doug and then the rest of their things are like hits yeah. and then it's like <laughs> yeah and they're like yeah it's the same thing with me so i'm trying to like find ways once you can get something really resonant and smooth and fluid and like it fits into your other attacking things well like it doesn't make your decision point like super early by choosing to do like a certain attack trajectory then then it might pop up in the game 
Yeah. It kind of pops up though. You don't really choose it. You kind of kind of let the engine run. That's how I, do you feel like that too? I do. Like I you think just, it's funny when you do things in a match <laughs> that you really haven't done yeah, before. That happened too. against Bill and that. That's one of the funnest things. Oh my gosh. That we had this, cause it was really good, windy. Right? Something good. Yeah. Yeah. It was really windy. And yeah. Avery set this ball and it drifts a little tight, but I had already sort of taken yeah. off anticipating it like a good set. Avery's one of the best setters. I've yeah. Ever he's with. so good at transition. And, uh, so I was like, going to hit world, my baby. like baby line. I love that shot, but it wasn't, I couldn't get over <laughs> it. And so I just yeah. like hit it with my yeah, palm, yeah, like yeah. a float surf. And I just like hit a float surf baby line that worked. And I was walking yeah. back. I was like, I've never hit that yeah, in my life. That's the best. <laughs> that's like the yeah. benefit of being like an instinctual player. So things, those things come more, Yeah, you know, and then the analytical player, like you got to really help, which is like me, like you got to, those kind of things are a little far in between, but when you're in the flow state, they're more frequent. So yeah. just getting there. It's so fun. Yeah. It's so much fun when that happens. Uh, and it's, it's kind of rare too. Rare things usually are more fun. Yeah. It's gotta yeah. be fun for you as a data driven guy when you have that instinctual play it's like yeah oh, yeah it's fun skinny cord is full of those which is why yes. skinny cord is good yeah it's really good because i think it has a good chance of like breaking into your deep like pattern uh recognition or like decision making yeah it can actually break in there pretty far you're For like sure. playing against your partner every game's like deuce pretty much yeah <laughs> You're, you're, up, you're up you're up by five points you like totally relax yeah they, they go back up and it's like do every game's like 11 9 12 12 10 <laughs> yeah. like it's all super close uh which i like about that yeah, yeah. so um with yeah with you and andy are you guys like competitive with each other uh not a lot yeah it's nice though to do the skinny court thing to compete against your partner just like I think it's I think it's healthy to have like some or even a partner practice where you like play against each other. Yeah, I think it's good. It is like if you feel like your partner's doing something, you're like, bro, like you're gonna get blocked on this. Like you do it way too much, yeah. or like this is not a good way. Like you can't pass to from this direction, or like you suck at passing serves from this angle. Yeah. Like I'm gonna show you so you know because it yeah. only happens like once a match, and now I'm gonna like so it's kind of fun to like. Yeah you get to show them and vice versa too. And it's kind of a nice way to like communicate without communicating. Cause yeah. that kind of stuff is like, you don't want to be like always saying that kind of stuff. It's not helpful. So right. it's fun. Yeah. Competing against, I think it's good. Yeah. Um, like for partner health. <laughs> I, I think for I sure. Think so. Cause then it's fun. Yeah, I haven't done it that when much. you see how you would play against your partner. It's helpful right. for both and then of also you. there's a like there's a learning side, yeah, too. Yeah. Beyond just the partner like dynamic socially, yeah. Do you mm. read a lot? And, uh, no, not a lot. Okay. I wish I would. What like, you, I, I like, like cause I make you have, all these like, plans too. These, but no. You have such a you're so conceptual. I listen to podcasts. Okay. And like I'll read articles. I've gone on some like strength and conditioning like rabbit holes where I'm like in the flow state for like six hours at a time <laughs> like the whole day i'm just like I love looking that. at uh yeah i'm like completely like tuned out from everything like no youtube breaks no like anything <laughs> just full like looking at articles from like different things like just oh that's interesting let me go through that i like pound through like 10 articles take notes on them like trying yeah. to organize the notes and like awesome yeah so it's <clears throat> i don't know i've i've read a lot through like articles sometimes 
mostly podcasts though but then like some books i read a little i probably read more than like an average person yeah. my age but like i don't think i read nearly as much as you or andy so but you devour yeah. podcasts which is yeah it's like I a drive mini a audio book so, yeah. yeah so you, yeah sometimes you get annoyed good. that it's like a mini audiobook sometimes really big ideas can't be transmitted through yeah. a podcast so then sometimes audiobooks are nice yeah like one big idea because i think podcasts are so yeah. good because it's just these little nuggets of mm-hmm. information yeah. whereas you know if i read a book even though i read i'm a slow reader i just dedicate a lot of time to reading so i'm able to get I through a lot, a lot of books but even readers. if i'm a slow reader like i still only take I made ten. I know, yeah, that's right. But it's like, did that other ninety help that ten be like really solid? True. Like, how much do you think? Because then it's like, okay, let's just go to one of those like summary websites and just read that. Like, why am I ever reading a book? Right. I feel like that other ninety percent can help. Like, See, it's I've like setting up the setting up the stage for like a movie. Sometimes yeah. stuff is like really boring at the beginning, but it really helps set the stage. To make it like a good movie later, it helps that like well. Andor, the new Star Wars series. I first seen three, it. first three episodes, like pretty slow, relatively very slow, um, and then it just picked up from there, like really good. But yeah. it just like you needed uh, without those first three, it probably would have lost a lot of quality. So. Yeah. But then, like, what did you take away? I don't know if I would mention anything from the first three episodes, but they yeah. still. That's a good way to look at it. But I, I, like I don't that. know. It's kind of hard to tell. Sometimes yeah. maybe it is just that ten percent. I don't know how. Yeah, because I mean you've read much of ninety. You've read helps. Ayn Rand's books. A little uh, monsters. Have I you haven't read no. I just fans of the uh, philosophy. Okay. Uh, yeah, I Man. just I've read articles, listened to some podcasts. Okay. And uh, it's kind of a Christian thing too, like the self interestedness. Yeah. Um, like C.S. Lewis talks about it too and stuff. So. Uh, it kind of aligned with that. So does like desiring God from. It's another website um, yeah. that talks about the self-interested way of viewing like motivation and other people too. So yeah, yeah, because Ayn Rand's books are they're huge. huge. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think. I mean, maybe I'll read them, but there's definitely way more books in front of that yeah. before I read that Man, one. It, like, I definitely read a summary for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's intimidating because yeah. it's. But that's where you're. I mean, it's like a 1,200 page book. Yeah, and shrugged, and right. So much of it. I, I do think that it probably could be a 500-page book, but so much of that yeah. is what you're talking about, how you're you're slogging through, like, 150 pages, but that actually set up a yeah. really good 50. Maybe that's why it stood the test of time, because yeah. it had it, that it stuff. It has done that. <laughs> yeah. That's usually a good rule, too. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard that. If it, if it withstands the test. Yeah, of, I never read I mean, a book that's, like, 50s. two years old. Or yeah, or I, I don't. Uh, so I'll break my rule. Uh, yeah. if I don't read new books, but if it is a new book from an author... I have really liked in the past, then I'll read it. So like George Mumford, the author mm. of the mindful, mindful athlete, he just came yeah. out with a new one. It's like, uh, all right, well, I enjoyed this one that he did. I'll probably, yeah. I mean, new things are fun too. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. hard to, but I, I'm that. with you. I, I don't really read books that are any younger than two. Like after fates get good reviews, whatever, then I'll, I'll buy it. And there's just so many good books to read. I don't need to read new right. books. Yeah. There's like, <laughs> you have to compare it to every, like, Say yes to one thing, you're saying yes to the other, like three trillion bucks in the world. So exactly, <laughs> you sure you want to do it like that? Yeah, but yeah. Why so, we've uh, had you on for a little bit. Is there anything else you want to bring up? Uh, hmm. No, not particularly. Uh, we didn't shout out yeah. your coach, Mike Playcheck. Yeah, Mike's really enjoy great. Working with him, really enjoy working with him. Um, He's been really gracious to us, letting us kind of stay with him when we go down to San Diego. 
which is awesome. And yeah, he's really been helpful. Uh, we're glad we get to travel with him too a lot. So yeah, he's a good coach. Um, we enjoy working with him. So, and is it like a melding of systems? Cause I know obviously you are exceptionally talented with the jump set option system and his play mm -hmm. check. Does he bring also his own? Voice into it and yeah. his own. Andy has his own. I have my own. Mike has his own. Mike is uh, good all around at like <clears throat> telling everything. He's good at kind of like pulling me back from being on the art side of things, like trying things too much and like being in the experimental stage. He'll he'll pull back on that and say, "Hey, we have to play like tomorrow, <laughs> or like in a week or something." Yeah. So, which I think is a healthy like tension. Uh, I think it's good. And I think it's good that I'm the art part and that he's the, that part. I don't yeah. think if it was flipped, it would be as good. So I like that. And then um, he has a tennis background. So I've asked him a lot of questions on how that works. So the whole serving game in tennis is pretty similar to the serving chess game in volleyball. I'm, I'm really into the defense chess game in volleyball. Just like it's interesting to me. But the serving game, like I don't really think about it that much so it's nice that mike has a lot of experience from tennis because he was a really really good tennis player um yeah. he had and especially his serve his serve was his best thing like i think by a lot like it was his best so he's been able to and there's a lot of serving uh mechanics with hitting line like cross body cutback that are almost like exactly duplicated in the tennis serve so yeah. I really liked watching videos on tennis, kind of asking Mike about it too. Um, and then, yeah, Mike will also have like really good drills and stuff too that like I don't really bring that to the table. So that's another thing he brings um, for the team. So yeah, it's been good. Right on. Yeah. And uh, where can our, you're on Instagram now? Yeah. Where can our listeners, viewers find you on the ground? Uh, there's, yeah, at Miles Partain. Uh, just kind of posting what we talked about today sort of as far as like practice highlights a little bit what i'm thinking about learning about i might try and start a little bit of a blog i know you have that i really like reading a lot of your posts so thanks i might try and do that i just want to get my information that in my head on paper too i think it's nice and when you feel like there's a potential for someone else to read it you do it at a higher quality so yeah. i might do that um i also put on there like uh i might do some stuff about like how i think you should jump set or option and like arm swing stuff passing angles um mainly those things i think i would do that uh i like to do some of that on the instagram too and then also like competing mentality like from a christian perspective <clears throat> i think i'd put all three four of those things in there and then i'd also like to shout out like the two sponsors we have yeah uh, center point securities they actually sponsor kind of a lot of athletes in the san diego community which is really cool and they help they partnered with me and andy this year and paul and i last year and still with paul um so yeah they're just like a really good active trading platform so if you're looking into being serious with trading stocks they have all the fancy tools and a really good short locate uh system i was fortunate to intern with them so i know a lot of the people there they got really good like customer service and they have a pretty well oiled machine there um and then also uh blocks nutrition i know try and came nice. are with them too but that's been cool i haven't really been into the nutrition side of like performance and i got a book um like a sports handbook for uh like 
nutrition or something the usav nutritionist recommended it to me but so i'm looking through that but they gave me like a custom protocol with like a bunch of different supplements kind of like the whole foods of uh supplements so it's all natural and nsf certified so i really like using their stuff and they have these quizzes that you guys as the listeners can take if you want to look more you can take their quiz and it can give you your own customized protocol to fit your needs and yeah i talked to the guy who's developing all the kind of formulas and products and he really knows what he's doing very interesting and it made me a lot more passionate about the area so uh yeah definitely check out blocks nutrition they're on instagram and you can take their quiz on the website and buy their uh products too um yeah that's it there's a lot more that like I'd like to talk about, but it's just there's like not enough time, and I also got to get my thoughts together on yeah. like the biomechanic side of things. We can I have think you back with, on whenever with you arm want. swings and <laughs> passing, yeah, well, mainly like some stuff for, that I just think is new. Yeah, yeah. but we've been podcasting for a while, so we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Whenever you want to, that'd be fun to bring do. Some like more a, thoughts a specifically, I can bring some stuff to talk about and talk about how I think about like exploring. Mostly new stuff. Like, I wouldn't try to reinvent the wheel, but stuff that I feel like I haven't heard before. Yeah. Going through, like, the club system, the UCLA system, the just listening to other players system. So just, like, mostly new stuff I would try to talk about. Yeah. Um, I think could be helpful to people trying to get better at volleyball, um, and I'd want to share it because, yeah, this might be, I don't know, this might be the only time I go for the Olympics, and I don't know what it's. It might not be the career for me afterwards. So I'd like to get a lot out really? while I'm still in the picture. I don't know yet. I'm not sure, but it's uh, it has its trade offs. Everyone knows that. Right. So I just I'm not sure yet if they're for me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm still in, still like in limbo. To, yeah. What else do you like to do? Obviously, you're like a really I bright don't know. kid. I uh, just like the normal job. Yeah. Whatever. What everyone else is doing. So, yeah. Uh, I might want to just I like I, I like thinking about systems and stuff so if there's something that has like a decent amount of elements in the system and it works like it's kind of just an engineering brain yeah. it's nice to learn things and then figure out how they work and then manipulate them favorably which volleyball is a lot of it's its yeah. own system um, and it's really really fun I don't know if I'd have that same intrinsic nature with other jobs but I think there's a lot of other systems I could just be really interested in that I'm not exposed to. So I think pigeoning, pigeonholing myself to volleyball. Also that range book, you know, uh, you yeah, read it because it was on your blog. Yeah. yeah. Very good. I really liked that book and Tyler Hildebrand, uh, showed me that book and it really helped volleyball, like using tennis and other sports, like high jumping too a little bit to learn how to play volleyball has been cool like cross domain stuff just within the sporting world but then there's also all these other domains in the world like i don't know building a little micro trip in this or this yeah little mic thing like i think that could be cool it's like yeah. probably a cool process to doing it there's probably flaws that could be fun to try and exploit and get better or not exploit but like improve upon and yeah so i think it would just be fun to look around and see what else i could be interested in so i don't know um I'll keep trying to learn, listen to podcasts. Yeah. I've just been listening to the strength and conditioning, like PT world stuff. Yeah. It's like really applicable to the sport too. So I'm like my own like trial subject, but it's fun to, uh, I might start listening to other ones too. What's up, Trey? How's it going? What's up, brother? Yeah. So, um, 
That's it. But it was funny when I read Range. It was like confirmation bias on my part. I was like, yes, this because I do so many. I just try random stuff. Like I played six sports when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, it really helps. Like I've been a writer, yeah. a podcaster. Like I do this little Road to Paris series. Yeah. Just because I wanted to learn how to do like video production and like yeah. host my own show and end up people liked it. I was like, oh, cool. And yeah. it's just, I can see like commentating has helped my playing and playing's helped yeah. the writing and Everything all this stuff. Helps. Like range is, it was so good for me to it read. Was so I was like, good. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm not just being like a dilettante and trying right. all these it different It really things. justifies <laughs> your like messing around. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Like, um, I which that. is what everyone else is doing. They're just yeah. messing around and then they just classify it as some like specific like category and make it look all official. But the only way they got there is by messing around. Exactly. Usually. So it's like, are you going to do your own thing or just like go on someone else's category and like learn it like a robot? Like you can, I mean, there's a lot to learn within it too. It's not all like, always like that but it's it's fun kind of yeah you gotta know the rules and then and then you uh break the rules when you think they could be broken because all models are uh wrong but some are useful yeah that's a good quote yeah, yeah. I'm yeah a, i like that i'm one. a big fan of pushing the rules like are yeah. you gonna break yeah I'll bend it if it's a real rule it will never break right maybe bend yeah. a little and it'll snap back like, yeah all right, maybe cool. it'll that, snap that back. meant to be there like yeah. others up I'll to push a certain pound i'm pushing and then after that it'll break yeah but like all right that's how far it'll go <laughs> getting the edge cases like all like lined up it's like really cool um it's in beach volleyball the defense too there's like yeah how far do you need to go into the angle for them to hit a high line? Is it this far? Is it this far? Is this far? <laughs> right. Or like, do I need to be moving there or should I just stand there? Right. Or like, what if I just start really close to it, but then look like I'm going to leave and then I stay? Or what if I start like, yep. I don't know. There's just like a bunch of stuff that it's like, and everyone's different too. That's the tough part about beach volleyball. Everyone's different. So all yeah. the systems are like, you try and make it like your own little models that you think will work and they just get broken. And then like yeah. you build it again and then it works and it gets break, broken again. And yeah, I mean, it's just human. So they're not going to yeah. be as predictable. I mean, but a lot of other systems also are like humans too. They're not going to, well, it's all made they're up of humans. System. They're, yeah. they're, they're systems are developed by humans. Yeah, they're so developed like, by they humans. So it's all like, <laughs> yeah, unless it's like really based in like material science, like bits on a computer like thing, then I don't know if, it, if there's a human element to it. It's always right. weird. Cause you look at like all this AI stuff Yeah, and there's all sorts of like the AI just breaks and it just messes up all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, this is artificial intelligence made by humans. Yeah. And like all the AI stuff is yeah, learning a, I don't know, yeah, from human stuff. Andy's, Andy's in, like talked to me a little bit about it. I he, love he, he talking listened, to Andy about that He listens stuff. to like people who talk about it and then he has good ideas on it too. Yeah. So yeah, that would be interesting to see where it all goes. Very. Sure. That's why I like, you know, we're talking about what's going to happen after the Paris Olympics. Well, the world could be totally different. <laughs> it will be totally different by the time yeah. Paris comes around. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, the human connection is going to become more important. It's probably paramount, I think. Yeah. College degrees, more about the connections. It, it really is. <laughs> it used to man. be, and it still is probably even more now. Cause yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, neither of my brothers use their degree, but they use their connections. Yeah. So they get the jobs. Yeah, a bunch of my friends are like, yeah, I applied to 50 internships and I got one. Oh, yeah, how'd you get it? Yeah, I knew someone. I actually did. None of my applications actually, like, like worked. So, yeah. like, but some of them do, you know, there's different ways to do it. Um, yeah. And you got to, sometimes that's your only way and definitely go for it. Yeah. Apply to 200 jobs if, if 
that's what it takes. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> So. Well, Miles, I love any time I get to spend with you and chat with you. Yeah, that was fun. I'm glad we uh, we could make this happen. Congrats yeah. on a great start uh, in Brazil, and good luck. Uh, hopefully, I'll play you in Huntington. It'll be fun. Yeah, we might. Yeah, yeah. I just got to get out of the quali. The qualifiers gnarly. Really? Oh, so it. <laughs> it's like, jeez. Yeah. I can't. I, I thought the AVP. If they're going to give a wild card, I thought Allison might be deserving. Of At one. least he got like they do the international thing, so he has points, right? From yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. Me and Sam were the one seed in the quali. So. Oh man, you guys. Wow. Sam's. Yeah. Wow. I thought. Yeah. It, it depends how they weight them, huh? Like the weighting of the yeah. FIVB points might be. I'm not yeah. sure how they do it, but. Yeah, Does Sam would, have like a lot of points because it's he, moderate? Or do they weight it? He's like, like a, he probably has like a hundred less points than I do. Okay, um, so that's like just like that, he, that. his world champs is good, but still has that. He got like, yeah, really? so everyone's still hanging on to the world champs, but he has like that fifth in La Paz. But then after that, it's just been like seventeenth in an elite, mm. like a thirteenth in another challenge. Yeah, I remember when Theon came got fourth in the world champs. They were like big points. Yeah, like impossible points. You couldn't even get that on the AVP. <laughs> no, you yeah. can't. I mean, kudos, too. It's like the most big, biggest tournament with all oh, the best yeah, teams in the world. world. Like yeah. that world champs, too. But, yeah. It was good so. to have you on, man. Yeah, thanks, Good Travis. catching up. We'll have to get yeah, dinner soon. Left-handed shake. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Shoots. All righty.